Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I am your host, Sheena, and I am so glad you're joining and listening in to the episode today. With everything that's been going on, I've decided to focus this entire episode on the separation of the families at the U.S. southern border and the subsequent imprisonment of children. There are no friend hosts this week, so grab your tea and let's talk. Segment one, what's happening now? Okay, I am literally outraged right now. And I have been for the last few weeks since the stories began to really roll out about families seeking asylum and immigrating into our country, being ripped apart and children held in cages at the U.S. southern border. To say I'm pissed would literally be an understatement. I'm absolutely disgusted. I'm outraged. I am just furious. I've been having a very tough time focusing on anything else right now because of what's happening. We are literally watching the changing of our constitutional republic, our democracy. We are watching it become a fascist state. And I am appalled. So I want to take it back to the beginning and get real about the history of our nation and then fast forward to what's happening now. That way we get an idea of how we got here and what we all need to do as a unified nation to stop this child abuse and family separation policy. America has a history of heinous acts being committed against people of color from its very beginning. With the colonization of this land by European settlers in the 1400s, the indigenous people of this land, they found themselves being under attack through war, through wars and active attempts of genocide against the indigenous people. The European settlers were finally able to start taking over very large swaths of land. They pushed them farther and farther west by way of the 1830 Indian Removal Act, which gave us the Trail of Tears, resulting in a large loss of life of the indigenous community people. And while that was happening, there were more and more boats of settlers pouring into the eastern coastline. The indigenous people were forced to 
begin to change their culture. They were forced to learn the English language, the English culture, and converted to Christianity. Their children forced into the settler schools to be, quote, civilized by the settler nation. This is America. While that was happening, African people were being bought and sailed across the Atlantic Ocean by way of the transatlantic slave trade, sold into chattel slavery, which is the worst form of forced labor. Many Africans died in transport, but those that survived, they were put on auction blocks at their port of entry, stripped naked, chained together. Mothers separated from their children, children crying for their parents. The family unit dissolved. Family members separated as they are sold off to different slaveholders and spread across the country to work on plantations without pay. Women raped by those who own them, men beaten into submission. The scars, a reminder of their protest of their new life. A woman on the plantation gave birth in cotton fields only to hand over said child to the slaveholder and see him or her sold off. There was no respect given to the mother as she wept for her child. This happened for three centuries. This is America. Following the end of slavery, we move from the enslavement of African bodies to the criminalization of the black body. The South enacted a bunch of new laws that were created specifically to target black people, especially black men. This became what is now termed the Jim, the Jim Crow era. We saw everyday citizens become vigilantes and lynching black men, women and children for absolutely anything that they deemed to be inappropriate or disrespectful, something like entering through the wrong door at a store or smiling at a white woman. Black men, women, children strung up from trees and kept there to terrorize the rest of the black community into submission. There was little regard for following the rule of law and honoring someone's life. It was already determined that black life had no value and thus could be ended at any time by anyone. There was very little repercussion for the lynching of a black person. The perpetrators rarely saw the inside of a courtroom or a jail cell. They were always justified. Lynching was another method to strip apart the black family unit. No one cared how their families felt, their pain, their horror, the mental abuse that they went through. This carried on for over seven decades. This is America. Following the bombing of Pearl Harbor during World War II in December 1941, by the Japanese, President Franklin D. Roosevelt made a sweeping new policy. So he called for the imprisonment of people of Japanese descent into camps across America. This began the internment of Japanese Americans. More than 40 percent of those who were interned by the U.S. federal government were actually U.S. citizens. They were held in camps from February 20th, 1942 through March 20th of 1946. The U.S. Census Bureau played a big part in this because they provided to the, the government the location of the Japanese communities so that they could be forcibly removed and relocated. American citizens held, imprisoned without cause by the U.S. government. That's what happened during the Japanese internment. This is America. 
while we're talking imprisonment, we might as well continue on and tap into the mass incarceration of black and brown people by way of the Reagan's war on drugs. The war on drugs was a war on black and brown communities by the federal government who flagrantly decided to make certain drugs drugs carry a penalty of lifetime sentences. The enforcement largely took place in our communities throughout the country, with a great emphasis being placed on crack cocaine as the drug carrying the highest penalty. This act resulted in a rising prison population as specific communities were targeted across four decades and families lost fathers left and right to the U.S. prison system. Again, this was a very targeted attack that specifically sought to continue to undermine the family unit by way of a racialized policy. We see this continue today with a continued focus on marijuana as a drug carrying a high sentence in federal courts, even with states legalizing it. This is America. Now, here we are. 2018. Donald Trump is president and Jeff Sessions is the U.S. Attorney General. White supremacists are actually running the country and Republican-led Congress has completely stepped out of their position of power by being an equal branch and check to the executive. Since June 2015, when Donald J. Trump announced his candidacy for the presidency, he has been vocal on his position on immigration, specifically the Latina community. He started his campaign focus on Mexicans and the U.S.-Mexico border, calling those immigrating across the southern border, quote, rapists and murderers. America, of course, went on to elect Donald J. Trump to the U.S. presidency in November 2016 by 70,000 electoral votes. That allowed him to overtake the Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton in the Electoral College. She won the popular vote by three million. However, he won the Electoral College by 70,000 votes. And because our elections are decided by the Electoral College, which is an antiquated system that was created to ensure that um, uh, urban communities or black and brown communities in the country would not have enough power to supersede the white majority. That's why we have it. It was literally put in place because of the uh, formerly enslaved given the opportunity to vote. Because of that, we have Donald J. Trump. And it's a reminder that elections absolutely matter because it took 70,000 people to make the decision. He's since taken our nation that was really making progress towards equality and treating people with humanity. He's taken that into such a darker place. We're slipping further and further into what we were in days past when we were a very much so racist nation divided by hate and intolerance. Racism is the very bedrock of our nation, but we were really working well towards reconciling and moving away from it. Unfortunately, we've been drugged right back into it by 70,000 voters in a hate-filled administration and power-hungry Republican Congress. In March 2018, the first glimpses of a new policy began to make itself visible to the nation. Chief of Staff John Kelly gave an interview where he stated the administration was looking at separating families as a deterrent to would-be border crossers from making the voyage to the U.S., 
Attorney General Jeff Sessions on April 6th went on to announce a new zero tolerance policy that will result in the prosecution of every single adult crossing the border. And of course, the detention of their children as they await trial. Just this past week, we had one of Trump's advisors, um, Stephen Miller, do an interview with The New York Times stating his push for this new family separation policy and as it being the nuclear option to stop illegal immigration. In the past three or four weeks, we've seen countless images begin to pour out of children being held in converted Walmarts, detention centers and cages. Yes, cages. We've seen them with ankle monitors on their legs and uh, on their legs and barcodes on their wrists. We've seen tears streaming down the face of a toddler watching as her mother is searched by border agents. We've read countless news stories as they pour out detail and experiences of different families at the border who are seeking asylum, which I will note is not an illegal act. I'll also note that Border Patrol agents are actively blocking ports of entry where the asylum seekers must enter the country. If they do not enter at a port of entry, they are forced to enter between the entry points, which is illegal. And of course, they are arrested for, at that point, illegal immigration, even though they come across requesting asylum. People escaping inconceivable violence in their home countries, mostly in Central America, is who we are detaining. We read stories about a baby being snatched away from the breast of a feeding mother. We read stories of a young black, a young boy, excuse me, being wrestled out of the arms of his father as both were separated and detained. That father went on to be imprisoned and later committing suicide. The son was sent to foster care. We've read stories of imprisoned children acting out due to what experts call toxic stress, resulting from being separated from their parents, understandably so. We hear of shoelaces and belts being taken from children and parents because of the rise in attempted suicides by those being detained. Children are trying to kill themselves because they are being held by the U.S. government and separated from their families. Then we started to see the images of a tent city being constructed for the children who've been, who are now uh, overcrowded the detention centers. They are now constructing concentration camps for kids. I am not over-exaggerating when I say that. This is America 2018. Our country has taken the journey of a slippery slope back to the evils of its heyday. You see, you can draw parallels to Nazi Germany, but the thing is, Hitler was actually inspired by U.S. policy and how this country treated its African-American populace. It's been terrorizing us since we were brought over here and chained in ships, but uh, we've we've not heard or seen in modern times, however, America do something this grand in scale to any group of people. Yet Trump and his administration have just have done just that. So, of course, after much backlash, rightfully so. A few days ago, the uh, Trump signed an executive order to end his own family separation policy. 
First of all, his administration had about 14 different lies stating if it was or wasn't their policy that resulted in family separation. They tried to blame everyone, but take ownership as it being theirs. Their greatest attacks going against the Democrats saying this is the Democrats bill. This is their law, blah, blah, blah. None of that is true. Now he signs an executive order after he said he couldn't fix it. And Secretary Nielsen of Health and Human Services said that she couldn't fix it. She said only Congress and Congress alone can fix it. Or as they both would say, only the Democrats could fix it, who, by the way, is the minority party and has virtually no power. But no, that's not the case because Trump's executive order fixed Trump's policy. Now, all of a sudden, he's like, oh. Maybe I can fix it. Most of us with brains already knew that he could. This executive order seems to be at the moment. um, It has stopped the separation of families at the border. uh, And this is coming from lawyers at the border. Now the focus is on family detention. So now we're going to be detaining whole families in concentration camps that would be ran by the U.S. military. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Trump administration is now focused on building camps to house immigrant families seeking asylum or committing a misdemeanor for crossing the border. This is still absolutely horrendous. It's akin to the beginnings of Nazi Germany. On Friday, Trump held a presser with families who lost loved ones by way of undocumented immigrants. While I am sympathetic to those who lose loved ones at the hands of violence, I am not sympathetic to the fact that they would stand there and decide that because their their loss was caused by someone who was not documented, that all undocumented immigrants should not be allowed in our country. It was that that made it disgusting. And it's because it's more so was Trump's doing. He knew what he could use to try to hopefully sway the electorate. I'm glad MSNBC cut away from it because it was literally propaganda. The administration is using families of victims to support the image they want to paint of undocumented immigrants being a danger to Americans. This is patently untrue, and the data backs that. The Border Control and other government agencies have many statistics on this that basically state that undocumented immigrants are much less likely, something like a 25 to 30 percent less likely. Um, They're less likely to commit a crime than U.S. born citizens. And that crime has gone down as our immigrant population has grown. So Trump and his buddies trotting out people to disgustingly support family separation, detention, and something that could literally be the beginning of an ethnic cleansing, if we're not careful, is absolutely disgusting. Guess who also did something similar? Hitler. Hitler, um, would have people who have been victimized by someone of Jewish descent to speak out about it as proof that they were lesser than and deserve to be pushed out altogether. Trump has also tweeted multiple times in the last few days referring to immigrants as uh, as infesting America and uh, stating that immigrants are seeking to invade America. Really? He works to make it sound as if immigrants are coming to our country are uh, criminals or animals. This is a step in the othering process to continue to play on the fear of his base. It's absolutely outrageous. Not to mention former governor Mike Huckabee ordained Baptist minister and father of press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders tweeted a picture of a Latino of Latino men with tattoos and he called them quote Nancy Pelosi's campaign committee 
it was blatantly racist, as in it made reference to Latino men, men being gang members. As a black woman, I know this tactic all too well, as it was the same tactic used on black people when it comes um, to black men being seen as gang members or thugs. The racism is deep in our nation, and many are openly showing themselves as such. And of course, they will cry foul when anyone point out the racism because being called a racist is worse than being a racist, apparently. They are all racists. Trump administration is full of racists. Huckabee is racist. Sessions is racist. I mean, come on. It took Coretta Scott King to write a letter to the U.S. Senate to not confirm him for, I believe it was a judgeship that he was being put up, put up for in the 80s. Stephen Miller is racist and he has no problem basically telling you. John Kelly is racist. He shows in his acts, his words that he did when he was talking about one of the republic, one of the representatives. These people are racist. They just are. Of course, not all white people are racist because they're not. We have a lot of great white people who are allies and we're really fighting for our civil rights and human equality. And they are doing great work. We got this little sliver of people who have gained a great amount of power who are absolutely racist. It's insane. Racists are not the majority in this nation, but they are banging their drum the loudest and they make their they're making their last gasp of breath right now in this ever changing America. The Trump administration is working really hard to other people of color as a whole. And what they are doing to migrants at the southern border is probably the most heinous and evil of them all. We've seen the Muslim ban used to other and demonize people of the Islamic faith and show them as dangerous to the nation. I'll note that the Muslim ban was upheld this week by the Supreme Court as being um, something that the president had the power to do. So they just upheld the ruling of the of the Muslim ban. We've seen the repeat othering of black people, no matter their origin, African-American, African, Haitian, whatever, with the attack of NFL players for kneeling. Blue Lives Matter nonsense, quote, both sides speech after Charlottesville and a dog whistling about Chicago. We see the demonization and othering of brown people with the alignment of them with drug cartels and gangs and that they are coming in to, quote, steal jobs. All of this is very methodical. None, none of it, absolutely none of it is coincidental. If you're not outraged, you should get outraged because this is insidious and dangerous to the nation. Our national security is in threat because of the cultural attacks of the president on many groups of people. It is that that is leveraged by Russians and any other rogue state that wants to bring down the country. That divisiveness is what could bring the nations to its knees because we are vulnerable to outside attack aimed at furthering dividing us and thus weakening our institutions. If you care about the republic... You'd vote in every single election and make sure we can get a check on the evil of the policies of this administration and truly work to bring unity into our nation because we are really stronger together as a, co a cohesive body. There was a wonderful fundraiser for RACES, an uh, organization that provides legal support to undocumented immigrants at the border that resulted in something about $20 million or so being raised on Facebook. I absolutely made sure I made a donation. I supported it. If the link is still up, I'll post it in the show notes if you want to also give. 
please support organizations that are on the ground doing the work. There are many, which I'll also link some of those in the Beautifully Complicated Facebook page. Parents are being deported without their children, and the government agencies have no true concrete plan in place regarding how they will reunite over 2,300 kids with their parents. For those that have already been deported, it would serve to be even more difficult for them to get their children back in a timely manner. And so we really need to make sure we are supporting these organizations who are really working towards not only unifying these families, but also ensuring that they are getting the due process deserve them. Because, by the way, President Trump don't think they deserve due process. <clears throat> we have to right this evil, evil wrong that's that's happening right now. I want you to fight for every immigrant, fight for every citizen, fight for the disenfranchised, fight for the oppressed, fight for humanity. Last week, it was reported that the U.S. pulled out of the Human Rights Council at the United Nations. Our government is deciding that they care not about human rights, but we the people absolutely do care and should make sure it is known by the world. Segment two. Self-care. Keeping with the message of today's show about the crisis at the border, I'd like to offer up a very specific kind of self-care for you guys, and that's self-education. With everything that is going on, it's sometimes hard to get an idea of what's real, what narrative aligns with the truth, and how deep does some of the efforts you're bearing witness to actually go. So there are three things you must do to make sure you have an informed idea of what is happening. Number one, research and read news stories from reputable sources. Don't get your news from just one place. Have an arsenal of different places where you choose to get your news so that you get something that is balanced and honest. I found good stories on the Atlantic, Washington Post, some of the New York Times writers are pretty good. Local newspapers are sources in areas where incidents are actually happening. There are plenty out there. But give yourself an opportunity to truly curate good information that offers depth and not just opinion. Number two, research and learn about American history. You think you know, but you don't often sometimes really know our history, especially if you rely solely on what you learned in primary school. We aren't truly taught the depth of American history. Any history that is detrimental to the American brand is often glossed over and treated as footnotes in our history books. A lot of people are unaware of just how pervasive American racism was, how deep it was and still is embedded in government and legislated in law. It's important to truly learn American history. You do this by reading books. There are a lot of great historians and writers who have explored many different topics from civil rights movements to reconstruction and redlining of the 20th century and Japanese internment. You can do research online and read about some of what has happened and is happening in our nation, then go deeper by way of books. Self-education is exceptionally important. When we do not know our true history, we are doomed to repeat it. An educated and well-learned citizen is a citizen that can't be blinded by rhetoric. Number three. Finally, research and learn about world history and world events and how it relates back to America. So it's important to be well versed in what's happened across the world, especially in the last 500 years and how America may or may not have played a role. 
It's important to learn what's happening now, the true story, not the sound bite spoon fed to you. Again, read books, read world news from news sites from different countries, learn from people on the ground in those areas. That's one of the ways that social media is a great help. Educate yourself. It can be a lot and requires time to do so. But if you take your time and allow yourself to learn about different topics, you'll find yourself not just more informed, but also having more passion about the plights of other people and how all of our stories and experiences are interconnected and related. We are all one people at the end of the day who are having very unique experiences that are oftentimes rooted in something historical that we would otherwise see as beyond us. With that, with what is happening at the southern border with migrant detention, it's important to understand how it relates to American history. Please educate yourself. Now, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that I advocate for us to also know when to pull away from everything as a protectant for our own sanity and emotion. Do that, too, when you need to do so. You know what your breaking point is and when you're reaching it. With all that is happening, it's okay to take your day or two away from all of us to take care of you. But when you come back, come back learning. Segment three, Black Excellence. In this episode's Black Excellence segment, I'm really going to focus more so on human excellence. I want to spotlight the many people who are working tirelessly to get the word out on what is happening at the border and how others can help. I want to spotlight the nameless people who are leaking information to the press to keep the story top of mind. I want to spotlight the people who are allowing themselves to be interviewed and telling their stories of what they're experiencing at the border as migrants. These aren't black people. These are people, Central Americans, Mexicans, white Americans, Latino people, black people, senators, representatives, governors, mayors. These are all people who are showing us what True excellence is getting the word out and educating the masses while fighting for the basic human rights of people who are being treated as lesser than the people who are fighting. They exemplify excellence. I am forever grateful to each and every one of you. I am grateful to those who amplify the stories in news media, on social media, on podcasts, on vlogs, on digital media platforms. I am grateful to those who have spoken out, donated, shared fundraisers, offered their time and legal assistance, volunteered to translate. I am grateful to have the opportunity to honor true human excellence that we are seeing. This is who we are. This is what is core to all of us. Let us continue to show the excellence within and protect the human condition and honor the humanity of each person. Well, folks, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. My heart has been breaking repeatedly by the stories of immigrants being treated like animals by the U.S. government, a humanitarian crisis literally created by our own president. It pains me to have to report on something so heinous, but it's important that we make sure what is happening is shown in the light. That is how we face our demons. That's how we face our truth. That is how we turn it around and shut it down. We must be informed, educated, and we must be willing to do the work continue to fight for humanity fight for the people at our borders and the people at, and the people at the borders around the world who are fleeing crises in their own nations in hope of finding some semblance of normalcy somewhere else these people are not looking for a handout 
but rather a hand up. An opportunity to protect their families, their lives, and get back to what they know. Fight, people, because we can't allow these horrific acts to continue. We have a duty to protect humanity. And that of those at the southern border here in the U.S. is definitely at stake. If you haven't already, make sure you like the Beautifully Complicated podcast on uh, Facebook. Follow me, Sheena, your host on Instagram and Twitter at SheenaD1. Like the show, rate, subscribe, and share with family and friends. Make sure you continue the conversation from the show on your own, on our page or with those around you. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay connected, stay fabulous, and always remember the best life is beautifully complicated. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.